0: It's time for the Hattit.com radio show. Hattit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hattit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 29th day of June 2017. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser. And uh, today, our guest speaker is Berta Simmons, and we're going to be uh, discussing uh, the BA Accountability Act, which uh, we're all, I'm sure, happy to see uh, come into effect. Uh, uh, we hope it's going to work out, and we're looking forward to it. So let's all keep our fingers crossed. Uh, Berta, how are you doing today?
2: Well, I'm just great, Carol. Uh, and June the 23rd was one of the happiest days of my life uh, as a veteran's advocate when President Trump signed that act. Uh, and the good part is uh, I think uh, he's definitely trying to reform the VA. The the bad part is that, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to go anywhere unless uh, people do get involved in it. But I'm I'm very optimistic about it, Cheryl. I I'm you know, uh, it it's it's just the best thing that's ever happened and it's on paper and it was a campaign promise. And um and uh I'm up here I live in the boonies in beautiful New York, you know, and and uh, sometimes I think, gee, I should just be sitting around watching war, war movies and eating chocolate goodies <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and retiring. But uh, you can't retire uh from working for veterans, when you believe in disabled veterans, their dependents and their survivors, and when something good like this comes along, there's no room for negativity. And it started already. Uh, I mean, people are just saying, you know, it's not going to do any good. Well, that means what they're saying is they don't really care because they don't intend to do anything to make it good. And the whole Theme of the idea is to make the VA great. We can't say make it great again, because it was never good in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, in any of the... Uh, I, I posted a text to the full Accountability Act uh, at Had It already, Gerald, and I want to uh-huh. ask the audience to please raise their hand if they've already read the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> I broke. <laughs> I broke it down uh I broke it, it down to a few little things that go over the legal a little bit better. Uh it is to amend Title thirty eight. Uh I have no problem at all believing that this will become law probably within the next few months. I hope it it happens that soon. And and it is to an amendment to improve the accountability of employees of the Department of Veterans Affairs and for other purposes. Now, the other purpose I'll get to, the word "employees" is a key word. This means everybody employed by the VA. And I'm making that distinction because a lot of times a, a veteran will have a problem at a uh, local uh, medical center, problems that should not occur. Uh-huh. They yeah. might get, uh, I mean, uh, this friend of mine, I have uh I've gone over to the VA on behalf of him. He'll give me my permission to talk to them because when he talks to them, he gets so angry and upset because they almost killed him that, you know, they can't deal with him. But, but, you know, a lot of it depends on the patient advocate. That's not really their full-time job. They're usually nurses or other people, clerical workers, that, you know, have to be pulled in uh, when something comes up where a patient advocate is needed. And, uh, but if they're not nice to the veteran or the veteran's family or anything, and they don't look into the concerns in a proper, immediate way, they're one of the employees, just like the big wheels in the system, that can be uh, accountable for their actions. Veterans should be treated with respect, and I have seen the VA disrespect veterans, and it is, it, it's outrageous. I mean, you want to strangle somebody, you get so mad. but in any event, um, uh, basically first part of the Act, Section 101, is to establish an Office of Accountability and Whistleblower Protection. Um, uh, they're going to develop new methods on reporting uh, uh, that is used to investigate employees of the Big A. Um, They are going to, this Act improves the authority of the Secretary, Secretary Shulkin, uh, to uh, focus in on uh, accountability. Improved authority means he can can anybody he thinks he, he wants to uh, for good cause, for good cause. Uh, there's also a few interesting things there. Uh, I don't want to read the whole I'm certainly not going to go over the whole thing. Uh, they are now able to re, uh, perform a reduction of benefits for any VA employee convicted of certain crimes. Now, when they say benefits, they're talking about the work-related benefits in, in the salary or whatever they get as an employee. Uh, however, some of them get VA compensation, too. So in the long run, that could have effect on because there are a lot of disabled vets that work for the VA. Um, That's true. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, it may or may not, uh, but I remember a veteran we had at the website, this was many years ago, uh who spent uh, a lot of time uh, in prison, uh, and uh, he thought his wife was still going to be able to get his check from the VA for compensation. And uh-huh. uh, I don't know how they handle stuff like that, but he was kind of surprised that uh, it, it's not as easy as you think. Uh, he was incarcerated, you know, so it's really not as easy think. But in any event, one other important point is this. Section uh, 204 of Section 1 of the Act gives uh, the authority to the Secretary to recoup bonuses or awards paid to employees of the Department of Veterans Affairs. That is a biggie, because we all remember the bonus scandal uh, years
1: ago.
2: And uh, there's a few other uh, things here that are very important. Uh, the Direct Hiring Authority for Medical Center Directors and division Directors, this is great news. This is fantastic news. Uh, the VA issued a press release on the 26th, I guess that would be um, Monday, uh, where they are going to eliminate the long process that hiring used to involve. You know, you go through all these things. Uh, when I worked for VA, it took me maybe two or three months for my FBI clearance. When my husband went to work for the VA, he was on the job for about six months before they got his FBI clearance back. And he, <laughs> came, he came home and he said to me, Oh, gee, they called me into the personnel office today. I was so scared. I said, Why? What happened? And he said the personnel person told him that uh, his FBI clearance came back and everything was great. And she congratulated him on having a, a, a fairly normal, decent background, you know, without a whole <laughs> lot of, uh, with no arrests or anything like that. But but my husband made the point. He didn't expect a, a problem. But he said, you know, I've worked here now for six or seven months. I could have been a convicted felon.
1: Well, yes.
2: And he, And who's going to find out? Uh, unless they do an FBI clearance, unless maybe it says that on the employee uh, when you apply for a job. But I bet a lot of people don't fill that out uh, the right way. And and probably a lot of them are working at the VA until the VA catches up with them, because uh, they have to be cleared you know, through the FBI. But uh, it's good news that not only can the secretary fire incompetent people, but they can get in some good medical and executive professionals a lot faster to take their places. A lot faster. The hiring process is a lot faster. And if any of those people uh, out there are listening, uh oh jeez, not allow me to think I think I put this ahead. If you go to the uh, VA um, website, there's an area there for uh uh hiring uh, information and uh, gladly you take your resume right online. And uh, or they could um, follow through on any uh, one of many other ways by accessing my jobs are going to be available, and uh, the VA is going to be very willing and capable of uh, considering them and hiring the best that they can get. This is great news, Cheryl.
1: Well, it is great news. And, yeah. you know, I was reading somewhere to where the VA... Uh, was short forty over forty nine thousand uh uh people they needed to uh fill uh, vacancies or something there. Uh, they was, and uh I don't remember where I read that at, but any, anyway I read it. Uh, uh so they're short of people
2: now. Well they definitely are, uh, Gerald. Uh, they're short over here at the local VA. Uh, one, uh, there's a chaplain shortage and there's an emergency care shortage, and they closed our, our ER over there. They closed oh. our ER, which absolutely shocked me. Uh,
1: so that's just one facility. Uh, can you imagine them being short all the way across the country, which I'm assuming they must be?
2: Well, I, I, I'm sure that there is an enormous, uh, well, they've had a few hiring freezes, too. Yeah, uh, yeah it is it is terrible uh, the the day before Memorial Day the Boy Scouts uh, always come to our cemetery to put uh, flags on the graves and one of the little boys got a bee sting and he's highly allergic to bees and instead of being able to take him at at the ER which you know he's a civilian a civilian kid are yeah. got harmed on uh, federal property uh, they had to take him uh, to the closest hospital which is well, maybe 15 minutes away, and it just doesn't oh. make sense. Uh, I'm not sure what a veteran would have to do today to go to the ER at the Mass VA, New York. Uh, I went there; I was in emergency a long time ago. Uh, they took very good care of me, and they treated uh-huh. me. They let they let me stay overnight. Uh, they, you know, they didn't want to discharge me. Uh, uh, I had a very severe blood plant infection, and. Um, uh, and, of course, I, I'm, I'm a civilian. On Chan- I was on champa then and all of that, those goodies. Uh, but this is what I don't get either. I had been to their emergency room many times with my husband. They had revamped the whole place uh, maybe a good 10, year- 10 or maybe 15 years ago and rebuilt the entire emergency room set up, and all of this stuff cost money. And now they've closed it. So they have a viable ER setup, and they're not using it. Well, they don't have have
1: anyone, any personnel to
2: operate. To operate. That's what it is, because they don't have doctors. An emergency room, you always have a doctor's physician. Now, of course, when I was at the the medical center, uh, for about an hour, I didn't see a doctor, but I saw nurses. And then the doctor came in, and he was probably upstairs busy with some of the other (laughs) patients. But he was right there. He was in the hospital, uh, which is the usual case if you're an ER patient. There probably will not be a doctor in a VA ER all the time. But all they've got to do is, um, you know, uh, tone up for one of their doctors on, you know, on call, whatever duty the doctor's doing, and they'll be right down to the emergency room. Well, you quick.
1: know. Uh... One thing about this accountability thing, uh, Berta, which uh, my lands I wish had had it years ago, but uh I would suspect uh of course every burn to the employees here, however, if a regular veteran went in and he was mistreated or she
2: uh
1: uh, went in and was mistreated, and they reported the incident to whoever they reported it to, uh, they should fall under this same whistleblower protection
2: as Absolutely. a regular.
1: Uh, that's uh, one good thing I was, I was seeing here in this uh, Accountability Act. Uh, although they mention employees, uh, this could apply to veterans also because you know yourself. Uh, there's some b- very vengeful people. I mean, there's many nice people working in the BA medical yeah. and yeah. Other, other places. Uh, there are those that are vengeful. Yeah. And and and. Uh, uh, this should give the veteran that's complained some protection uh, uh, because a lot of times they do stuff so underhanded they don't know they've been schemed up on till
2: yeah. My yeah. Life, yeah.
1: Some sometimes quite later. And uh, so this ought to help the regular veterans. They should be... Embracing this new
2: new uh, act here
1: uh,
2: wholeheartedly, and well, and, you know, uh, well, a lot of veterans don't understand the act, uh, Gerald, and what this could do for them. But see, you're bringing up a very important issue, and it's something that I've been concerned about in the act. They say employees, but they have to, and you're right. And I'm going to get in touch with the uh, uh, committee, House Committee on Veterans Affairs, about this. Uh you're right. It says whistleblowers employed by the VA. It does not say veteran patients and it does not say people like me, claimants and other veterans. I'm a civilian claimant. And they I've been a whistleblower since nineteen ninety five and what the D- VA did to me is they retaliated against me in the claims process. And that there is why yeah. yeah. And that is why veterans are afraid To make waves with the VA, and this is something that's held over their heads. They're afraid to complain, and it is veterans that have more, by far, more complaints than I do as a widow because I, I got my claims resolved in spite of their retaliation. But this this is unfair. So I think that that this act doesn't have to be you know extended to cover. Uh, VA patients and I,
1: I think it can be interpreted to cover. Uh, uh,
2: well, I, I...
1: I think it... it well... Uh, there's got to be a word for it. I don't know what it well, is. Well,
2: there is a word. Uh, veterans are employees of the VA by the simple fact that, and virtue of the fact that their service has employed everybody that is... Uh, Helping them <laughs> or, 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 or... or okay, yeah. But see, but uh, I, I have a legal mind, and that work, the word employee to me really does not cover VA patients or VA veteran claimants or widows like me who suffer not a retaliation maybe in a hospital setting, but retaliation from our so called regional offices. Uh, and there, that is where a lot of people are going to be canned. And I just say, piss yeah. well, my ass. I agree. Adios. Uh, if I agree if, on that. Moment. If uh, I haven't prepared my formal complaint, I discussed it with the with the White House uh, woman. They called me, but uh, uh-huh. I named I named the director of the Buffalo VA, and I, I forgot to name uh, the, her sidekick, who really screwed up my claim, but. That will take input from veterans themselves. And they have to be assured that if they give the VA, uh, you know, I mean legitimate stuff, that a regional office is retaliating against them. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the simple fact of, well, like the uh, DCAA Act, I was retaliated against because of that, because I raised holy hell over them a few times. And they're still retaliating against me. Uh but that that's another thing. We got we've got another bill on that HR four fifty seven. And uh that, that was just, you know, so fulfilling to me today to get that phone call from the Secretary and, and that nice card from the president because I've been griping about this stuff, Gerald. As long as we were on the SBR show, which was what, maybe uh-huh. fifteen years ago? Uh gripe, I griped to uh, Remember Bob Filner, the House Chairman of the Veterans yeah. Committee? Uh, I griped to him many times on the air. I've griped to him in mail. Uh, I gave, you know, the Shredder gave testimony. I've written to every single VA secretary, and, and down the, and, and I've griped to the general counsel and to the inspector general. Nothing at, was ever done. Nothing was ever done on the issues that I was bringing to them. So I just figured, well, this goes in the stack of how the VA ignores any claimant who has a legitimate gripe. I put it in a stack because I figure I'll need it someday. The day has come that I'll need that. But you're right. uh, We claimants, uh, including veterans, their dependents and their survivors, should not be fearful of, making legitimate complaints to the secretary or to Donald Trump's office. I've posted their addresses, uh, the Trump hotline. I've put the phone call out there for, um, you know, anyone to use it uh, because I have made the and had it. Um, it's not a few people that will change the VA.
1: It's, it's going to take a lot of bad truths. Yeah, yeah. it's mess- myths. This particular bill, yeah, and taking advantage of it. Look to that's, the that's future. It. I mean, what if if people start using it and take advantage of it? Uh, I mean, you can go in and say, "Look, I was a whistleblower. I told on this so and so, and they." Now, look what they've done to my records, or look what yeah. they've done to me. Yeah. They won't. They um,
2: yeah. make me
1: wait to back the line instead of yeah. make me move and do this. And well, just well, picking pick yeah. on me. You're right. Well, that's girl. retaliation. Well, you
2: know what happened And if to me, you
1: stop and think about it, though, Berta, uh, an employee an employee is paid by the VA who pays a veteran but the yeah, VA
2: but i i think that they i i, I think that, that part of this bill has to be in hand, carol and i'm glad you brought it up because i've been thinking about that uh because uh, in one sense well when i was a volunteer they considered me as an unpaid paid employee. You know what I mean? Oh, I never thought yeah. about that. I could use that approach. I'm a VA volunteer. Yeah. I still got my card. Uh, yeah. But uh, but then again, uh, uh, veterans have to make, get over the fear they have of the system, which the, the VA has caused that fear. We're dealing with men and women that are brave. They're not afraid of anything. But the VA has induced fear into just about all of us and uh, and like I say, if you don't have PTSD when you begin the claims process, you'll get it <laughs> when you get through the claims process because uh, they have some very uh, interesting ways. And they pick and choose who they'll pick on. There's no oh, doubt yeah. about that. Uh, I mean, it, oh, yeah. it, it <laughs> took me three years to get my 1151 award, and it took uh, this friend, this veteran, I wrote the claim for him. It only took me about uh, less than 20 minutes. And it took him about four months, 1151. Yeah. So it takes me three years it takes him 1151. I didn't even have his medical records when I wrote the claim for him. I, I've still never seen him. But one thing, this is one thing that, that the VA did to me. When my husband died, he was autopsied because he was an organ donor. And the six-page autopsy supported all of my charges of malpractice that grew out of a charge my husband had made in his lifetime. What the VA did, they did not give the CNP doctor the autopsy. That was critical medical evidence. I sent the VA, it's in my Shreddergate testimony, it's online, House Veterans Affairs Committee. Uh, I sent them all in all 12 copies of that autopsy. The last one that I sent, I forget who the secretary was, um, Mansfield, I think it was. I wrote to him, I said, Dear Secretary Mansfield, the VA will not acknowledge my husband's autopsy it is critical to my claim it is probative evidence I figure maybe if you sa- send it to them under your ha- letterhead they will read it he did that he sent it to them the letter was in my feet he sent them that letter with the autopsy you know what they did they still shit canned it <coughs> <Go> on <laughs> threw it away they did they did that oh, was retaliation it is retaliation. And when I called up that C&P doctor, I raised all sorts of questions with him until he he said he still had that exam in his desk, and he got very upset with me. And uh, we really had a shouting match, and he pulled it out. And he read to me the bottom paragraph. The VA regional office did not put that bottom paragraph in the statement of the case when they denied that claim. The bottom paragraph said, uh, my opinion would have radically changed had the veteran uh, been been able to have had an autopsy done at, after he died. Here, they didn't give him the autopsy. And when he found out, he, he, well, he said things to me that only proves the point, that these C&P doctors are pressured sometimes to say exactly what the VA wants them to say. He had been pressured. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. He had been pressured. He said, I hate C&P exams. I'd rather do my regular uh, uh, job. I, I want to visit patients. I want to help patients with their care. And I just hate getting these CNP exams. And he said, and this is why they were manipulating his exam results. And I wonder how many times they've been able to, well, they do it all the time now. I mean, we had a, that. Uh, he got a gynecologist <laughs> CMPC, <think, laughs> and It was like on a foot or back issue, and here they send him to a gynecologist.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, it, oh, it, it, it sounds man. ridiculous, but this they figure, oh well, the veteran's not going to bank anything anyhow. If they if they get denied, well let them you know let them appeal because I get it right off their uh, desk. But that's uh, the
1: way they look
2: at it, really. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And, uh, no. you, you know, and I'm, I'm quick to say, uh, Gerald, that some of the best people in the world that I know, the very best, work for the Veterans Administration. They are dedicated, hardworking people at every single level of job you can get there. Right from the, uh, uh, they used to have a wonderful director, they used to have some very good doctors. Uh, and, and it goes right through uh, even the canteen service and housekeeping and the cemetery crew. I know wonderful people, but they work side-by-side with incompetent idiots or uh, just lazy-ass people who just don't care because if they put in their 20 years' retirement, you know, they're going to get a nice, fair retirement check, and they, they, they just lose the ability to really care about what they're doing on a daily basis. And another thing, a lot of the good people, just like the advocates we see at it like Carly, uh, you know, so many of the advocates over the years, like like Flip, uh, they just get burned out. They, they become burned out, and then they cannot function as an advocate. And this, too, happens to a lot of DA the employees. They are so burned out uh, working for a system that they know is corrupt and incompetent that they themselves become part of the incompetence. Because... You know, if you get burned out over something, you can't think straight. You just don't care anymore. You know, you have to really sit back and, you know, reconnoiter. But but one thing about the, the word reform, it's always in my mind. This act is about reforming the VA. That's what the president said. That's what the secretary said. It, they didn't say we're re- going to reconnoiter. They didn't say we're going to remand the VA. They didn't say we're, go- we're going to redo the VA. They said they are going to reform it. And that means changes have to come.
1: Yeah. If changes
2: don't come on paper and through the media, they failed. And I don't want to see Secretary uh, Shulman, uh, Shulkin fail. I don't want to see the president fail. Uh, uh, I'm not worried. on
1: this, that's for sure, because uh, this, is, this is critical. This is a step forward for veterans. Yes. Yeah. And if if they will utilize it and take advantage of it and and apply it in the way that yeah. it was meant to be applied, um, we're talking yeah. about a, a a heck of a improvement in the BA and how they function.
2: Yeah. Well, we really are, Carol. Uh, uh, also, the bill. Uh, uh, I would think uh covers a lot of the uh, the malpractice issues um i I really don't have time to go into all of this but i have have let uh President Trump and Secretary Shulkin know that uh in two thousand and fifteen a report came out uh, the reporter wanted to get a lot of information on me from me, but I was so burned out uh that day that. What I did was, I told him where to go to find information. And I gave him a little bit. Well, the report came out that he uh, did. It was done in two, 2015. And it was a. Uh, he used a 10 year period to determine that the VA had paid out over $171 million in malpractice settlements. 871 million in malpractice settlements. That's a lot of money.
1: Yes, but, it is.
2: But. Donald Trump, President Trump and the Secretary are still learning VA 101 and I told them where the real statistics are the statistics they don't want the public to know and uh, the opposite general counsel knows and also the regional office knows and I told them exactly where those statistics can be found because they're only quoting uh, $871 million that they know about. Well, and in, in, since that came out, there have been over $4 million more in malpractice paid out. Mm. That was from the 2015 uh, article the Daily Call wrote. But um, uh, that's uh, someplace that somebody needs a to uh, kick up boot up the rear end on that. And uh, if, if it involves uh, general counsel employees, so be it. If they fail to uh, do their job regarding uh, the reporting mandate of malpractice under FTCA they failed in my case, and I've been griping about it ever since. Uh, And if some of them get canned, well, hasta la vista, you know, so be it. Maybe you can get a job at VDA, you know. (laughs) (laughs) know, I, I don't know. I don't know where else they could go, though. They have some... That's where the, there are some superb minds at the Office of General Counsel and and at the BVA and the courts. But the thing is, Gerald, uh, in my opinion, based on evidence I have, the Office of General Counsel has a lot of dirty underwear, too. <laughs> you
1: know,
2: and, yeah. uh, and, <laughs> and I'm I, sure do. I You know, I mean, I'm I'm so glad that this this bill has been passed, because, like I said, uh, in 34 years as an advocate and a VA volunteer, no one, no president has ever, ever done what President Trump did for us. I mean, for us, the veterans community, veterans, they're dependents, they're, they're survivors. No one, no president has ever done that in my lifetime that I can think of. Uh but getting back to the um uh, the um whistleblowers. Uh the day that Donald Trump became the president, January the seventeenth, he fired the director of the Puerto Rico uh VAMC. Uh the guy's name was D. Dwayne Hamlin, who had been um uh Convicted on, uh, I think it was a a DUI charge, and he was also arrested because he was found with uh, uh, unprescribed narcotics. And uh, I'm just uh, trying to figure out um, the (laughs) particulars of that case. And if I'm if I'm saying it wrong, I I, I apologize uh, to uh, to this guy that was canned, David. um, What's his name? Oh, Dwayne Hanlon. Uh, But I'll post the actual article on the website anyhow. uh, Oh, uh, yeah, I I said it the right way. He had painkiller pills that he didn't have a prescription for. Uh, It was a diversion of opiates, as they called it. Uh, He was uh, arrested. And to make a long story short, Trump fired him the day Trump became president, uh, the day after the inauguration. And he was back on his job a couple days later. Oh, Yeah, because he went uh, to the uh, union and to the merit board uh, protection system. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of things like that, but they're going to go. They're going to go. Shokin has found that the um, MSPB was interpreting social service rules that blocks discipline of employees even when it's a slam dunk case of severe malpractice. Uh, so that that's going to be another interesting thing uh, to see uh, uh, these people go. Uh, I, I have a whole big list of. Uh, I want to mention Dr. Day, Dale Klein. A lot of people probably uh, have seen him on TV. He makes two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year working for the VA. He's a highly rated pain management specialist. Now, since they have a new opiate policy, they definitely need. Uh, pain management specialists with expertise just makes sense. They don't want to be Yeah, or, I can you know. And uh, he and I'm going to quote from the article and what he's Dr. Klein said. He literally does nothing while he's on the clock. He he works in a small office and does nothing all day, every day. Dr. Klein said, I sit in a chair, and I look at the walls.
1: Oh, it feels like right, Voluntary
2: man. confinement. <laughs> he is a double-certified, board-certified physician and a Yale University fellowship, and they took away his patient privileges almost a year ago after he blew a whistle on them over secret waiting lists at Popular Buff, Missouri.
1: Poplar Bluff, yeah.
2: Yep, and he also yeah. was ver- had suspicions that many uh, veterans were reselling their prescription opiates on the black market. Uh, his uh, superiors did nothing about that part. He went to the general, um, inspector general, and then the VA the, uh, retaliated against him and stuck him in a closet with nothing to do like they did with Maude de Vicker. Uh, I mentioned Maude de Vicker had had it. Uh, Because of Monja Vicker and Beverly uh, Neimer, we have the Agent Orange decision. In the 1980s, Monja Vicker worked for the VA. She was a claims uh, counselor, benefits counselor. She would help veterans file their claims. And I mentioned the movie that came out. It is based on the exact true story of what happened to her. The movie is called Unnatural Causes. John Ritter was in it. What Monja Vicker noticed, that the Vietnam veterans, in-country veterans, were coming home with unusual uh, illnesses when you compare them to their ages, unusual types of cancers, uh, this, that, and the other. Uh, And she started snooping around about what dioxin could do to human beings. And she got into a lot of trouble, and she was relegated to a little broom closet at the VA. She kept her job. They stuck her in a broom closet, hardly room for a desk. She couldn't do benefits counseling anymore, and that's how the VA retaliated against her. And she went to work every day, and she still got paid. But they prevented her from snooping around and talking to veterans about possibly that Agent Orange had caused some of their disabilities. That was a long time ago. Look at all the disabilities Agent Orange had caused. And the chemical companies at that time and the VA and, uh, and the government, they were all saying, well, Agent Orange is harmless to humans. Yeah.
1: The
2: the Vietnamese people are still dealing with the effects of Agent Orange just like our veterans are today. She was a whistleblower. No one would protect her. And when she went to the Inspector General's office, that's when they put her in a broom closet. And she wrote a book about the whole thing, and the movie was based on the facts of how that all happened. Uh... It's a shame what whistleblowers go through. But on the other hand, it's done worse than any veteran or their survivor goes through, often on a daily basis with the VA, in trying to get through the claims process, which is absolutely uh, ridiculous. And uh, But I'm not going to uh, uh, hold up the whole show because I know you and John probably have a lot to add here. Gerald, I just want to mention Scott Davis, the very famous uh-huh. whistleblower, And um, uh, I'm going to say this guy's name wrong. Kachimak Rodriguez, an Iraqi war veteran, Uh, he was a a, uh, scheduling manager for Phoenix in a specialty care uh, situation. He's a a whistleblower that they uh, have been retaliating against uh, recently. Uh, uh, And somebody, uh, the Washington Examiner, made the point when they were... um, in one of their many interviews with Scott Davis, he's been on the Internet and on TV, on Fox News many times, uh, it, he, he said, this is Scott Davis, he said, it is a fast-track determination and it's sanctioned by the office of the secretary. Now, this was before Shulkin became secretary, before the Accountability Act was paid. Uh, when he, he added, when you're a whistleblower, they don't take you through any process. They go immediately to a reprimand, and then there could be another reprimand, another, another, or they find other clever ways to make sure that they are retaliating against you to shut you up. So uh, the whistleblowers are going to get a lot more protection, but you're right. I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that we, all of us VA claimants, we need protection from the VA, too. because uh, yeah. And you know. I
1: feel like uh, maybe it's not actually written in in the word here in the act, but I feel like this this must apply to the regular veterans also because
2: uh,
1: in a lot of cases they are uh, the whistleblower. Oh yeah, my husband
2: was a whistleblower when he was a VA employee. Boy, he got into all sorts of trouble, Gerald. So this has
1: to apply to the regular veterans.
2: Yeah. Uh, I
1: think maybe it's not written, but it's going to be. Well, it should be, and it might be a
2: separate act. It could be an amendment for any. It
1: it could be come out as an amendment. Uh, Maybe it's something they never even dreamed of.
2: But, right. Uh, it, well, they don't, don't know certainly. what. What does the, the president know about the VA? I mean, well, uh, he's, he's learning a lot. Very
1: little about the bureaucracy. Yeah, lab. And, uh, and don't
2: forget, Bill Clinton said the VA was the best government-run healthcare system in the whole world. And when he <laughs> said it on TV, my husband said to me, "Oh, I better withdraw my 1151 claim." And I said, "No, don't do that." He said, well, maybe I got real good care, and I just think I didn't. And I said, no, you're not dropping that, that uh, 1151 claim. Okay. I said, they had to teach Clinton how to salute. What does he know? What does he know about the VA? And no. Shulkin's Shilkin, uh, VHA, so he he's in tune to the health side, the medical side, but he's still learning 101. Gerald, they, no one in the VA is going to do anything about a lot of these things in the act until they have some concrete documentation who they have to go after. Yeah. Now they already have people on their list for sure. Uh, you know that director in uh, in Puerto Rico, he's going. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hellman's going. Hellman had her uh, job reinstated by uh, some circuit court or something. She's going to leave. The the list is endless. It's public information of all the people who have already been fired by the VA for incompetence and severe negligence, and uh, and they're back on the job for three days. Now that was Uh, me or you on a job. (laughs) I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I got fired once in a factory job because I was one minute late. (laughs) (laughs) I was one minute late for work. You know, this was so long ago. It Was in the 1960s. But uh, you know, if you're late, if you don't make a and P, they're going to deny your claim. I mean, you know, if veterans and claimants don't do things right, yeah, they're going to they pay the price. But. Um, uh, I have a whole lot to talk about this issue, Gerald, but I want to give you and John a chance. Uh, oh, you're doing just fine, uh, Well, maybe we'll get
1: some call-ins. Uh, our
2: call-in number is uh one three four seven two three seven four eight one nine. 237 I'll repeat that, one three four seven two three seven four eight one nine. 237 4819 And after you hear the English woman talking to you, you have to press 1. on your phone pad to get into the uh, caller uh, quay and Uh, I get
1: the queue here huh yeah you're doing fine Berta people are learning something
2: well Uh, I'm excited about this Gerald because I've been dealing with so much uh, ever since I went to a vet center my whole world changed and that was uh, 1983 and, of course, yeah. the world for veterans changed, too, because that's when the VA finally realized that PTSD was real. Uh, it was uh, from combat and on, um, from other things. And they realized that they just couldn't say uh, it was um, you know, shotgun fever or battle fatigue or stuff like that. If they had treated Audie Murphy properly for PTSD, And even Julius Caesar, the commander, uh, 40 years uh, B.C., people like that, Alexander the Great, great commanders through history knew that they had to treat stress in their combatants right away. And they did it. And some of them were pretty good at it. Uh, People like Patton had a different idea. <laughs> they didn't want <laughs> to see any stress, but even knowing how Patton was, I think he toughened up a lot of people that uh, in the military that uh, might have had momentary uh, panic. Uh, but uh, if, if Patton was around, and you couldn't show any panic at all, because his point was that other countries send their soldiers into battle expecting them to die. He said, Americans, this is in his book, Americans, however, fight to live. And, it's, you know, yeah. it's true. It's true. It was true in Vietnam. It is uh, true in you know, Korea. If they mess around with us, that is their philosophy. It's true today. Too. It is true today. Uh, it, I mean, uh, and, of course, we see that with ISIS. They're willing to go into battle to die. They're not willing to go into battle to live. Because what would they be living for? Uh, you know, well, they done
1: blew up everything that was and destroyed everything that would be to live for. So they only have one choice. Going uh, to battle to die. To die.
2: Yeah. To, to yeah. die.
0: That's their, ain't right, uh, left. That's their ideology.
2: <laughs> huh?
0: That's their theory. That's their ideology. That's their ideology. It is to die.
2: It, it's their, yeah, 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 their ideology. And, you know, so, uh, fighting for an ideology is a lot different than fighting for a country. Yeah. I, I mean... A lot uh,
0: different.
1: You want to go uh, home uh, to your loved oh. ones.
2: Yeah. 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 I want right.
0: to interject about, uh, Bertie, you were mentioning the torts and the, and the settlements and things like that. Now, Yeah. Do you Do you know... Where the settlement funds come from, if a veteran was a tort claim, do you know, do you know how, how that works? I mean, with the funds? You know, yeah, what I understand is uh, if the VA does a malpractice and you do a tort claim and you win. Okay, well, the VA, you know, the, the money for your settlement doesn't come out of that budget or, or out of the VA, it comes out of a separate fund in the government.
2: Yes, it does. That's correct. Uh, when and
0: I settled so, with the VA, the VA doesn't have any. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, there's no consequences for the VA as far as like, no. okay, this doctor did this, and no, you know, there ought to be some type of consequence financially for that area if uh, they do do that. As a, you yeah, know, as
2: that that is going to change.
0: You're doing uh, it again.
2: That is all going to change uh, Somewhere here in my notes is something on that uh, I can't remember But when I settled with the VA And this has never changed They had documented Probative evidence I didn't have a lawyer I did not have an independent opinion. But they could not get out of Offering me a settlement And I didn't want to go to federal court I just wanted it to be over with At that point And I, and I yeah. negotiated what I wanted And I got it But my point is I was able to deal with those lawyers uh, myself because I'm a pro se lawyer. And, John, when somebody kills your spouse, you you, you can become the biggest uh, BASDARD on wheels in, in the world. Uh, they could not uh, connive me. They could not um, try to get out of paying me. But, but my point is what you said is true. I did not settle with the general counsel or the VA. I settled with the United States of America. But then under that paragraph, it was the auspices of the General Counsel. So my money came from the United States Treasury Department because I sued the FTC-8, the United States of America. Now, that's a lot of money coming out of the Treasury Department. I bet it's up to a billion in the last 12 years. From the taxpayers,
0: That's a lot of money.
2: A lot of money from taxpayers. And veterans today, still a lot of them, that, well, our servicemen are paying taxes even as we speak, active duty. Our servicemen and women yeah. are paying taxes. Yeah. And I don't know about you and everybody else out there, but I know in our lifetimes, we all pay taxes, John, you know. Uh, but And they are using the taxes of the American worker to pay for their malpractice. Now, this is the kicker, and this is what I think I explained to the president and Chulkin, but I'm not sure if I said it right. I, I have to get out my letters and go over all that again. When someone wins an 1151 claim, nobody knows. They have no idea that that claim has cost the VA not the U.S.A., but the V.A. budget, uh, a considerable amount of money in compensation. And and, and if they have filed FTCA like I did, and they won under both, the, I'm the only case I know of that got my offset refunded. In other words, I got paid for both. I don't know of any other case like it. There's nothing, uh, and the USP knows about it. But my point is that John, God forbid, say you drop dead tomorrow and your wife finds out that they committed malpractice and she files an 1151 claim. And let's say that you die from something on your death certificate that was never service-connected. Her only recourse for DIC is 1151. So she files an 1151 claim. They will fight her aggressively, and she will need a real doctor's opinion, as likely as not, to support that claim. Mm-hmm. My 1151 claim was supported by an opinion from VA Central. VA Central's own opinion supported my 1151 claim and the claim I filed two years ago that I won, high blood pressure, malpractice. But my main point is 1151 claims are expensive. Uh, this friend I got, in uh, he lives in Navoca, he couldn't believe how his compensation went from 40% gunshot wound up to 100% permanent total with SNC. That's a big jump from 40%. And he got retroactive money. He couldn't believe it. He made me read the letter to assure him that this is really what the VA did. And he has lived longer than the VA expected him to because of the malpractice. But my point is these 1151 payments under compensation add up. Mm-hmm. They come out of the V.A.'s budget. So in the long run, since they are not public, the House Veterans Affairs Committee doesn't know how much money spent on 1151. The secretary doesn't know. The, su- the president. Huh?
0: That's a Go good ahead. point. I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. I don't think the V.A. knows.
2: Uh, well, it's interesting because I sent up for you, to uh, Margaret Peake. I don't know if you know Margaret. I I don't know if she was related to uh, Secretary Peake or not. She immediately responded and sent me a big uh, load of BVA cases that were all 1151s. What I was looking for, well, it helped me because I didn't have to do all that uh, data searching myself. But what I was looking for was specifically for all the wrongful death claims. And, uh, where mm-hmm. that information went, uh, I don't know because these were remands on a yes, lot of wrongful that's the wrongful death cases. If the remand went to the regional office and the widow or widower won that case on a wrongful death case, we have no way of knowing that. The VA regional offices know who they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to find that, you know, you can go into the, BJ you know, the BGA Search Decisions Phase Yourself, and what you yeah. can do, you can look at that remand, okay? What well, you do, oh, you yeah. take that docket number, and you copy that docket number, oh, and I've then done it you 100. open up a new yeah. tab, you go back yeah. into it and just search the docket number. It should pull all of the steps up oh. we'll so see, you'll see the final decision. Well,
2: uh, I, I have them all, John. As an matter marker. fact, Margaret, big me of <laughs> them. my point was, Say a widow is remanded from the Board of Veterans' Appeals on an 1151 death claim for her husband. Mm -hmm. She goes, she's remanded back, let's say, to the Buffalo Regional Office. The Buffalo Regional Office, because of what the remand states, suddenly finds out they have to award that claim. So she wins it. She gets the award letter in the mail. Who is she? How do we know? Multiply That's that true. times Dozens or hundreds You see what I mean? At the regional level We have no access To their awards You see what I mean?
0: Yeah, but they ought to keep a statistic Within the VA of that and That should be available you know. To people oh, oh, the it's in, of it oh, it's in, that in that the VA But they
2: will not release it, it It's in the VA um, Oh, they mm-hmm. know uh, And the General the Council The yeah, but uh, but I, I burn myself out on trying to uh, get that information. And they cannot release it at that point because it's really not public knowledge. The BVA cannot release the names of a claimant on a BVA uh, docket. I read BVA stuff uh, many times a week. Uh, I've been using their site for years. As soon as they put it online... Uh, now, if, you, if it's a court case, CABC, that is a public name. We have access to that. Yeah. But anything at the BAB or the regional office level, we don't know who these people it's are. Not so, right. So we can't... Um,
0: you won't get the names, but you ought to be able to at least get a listing of the total amount of money and the total number of claimants. That should be public knowledge. And well, of course I, they're going to have it. They can, but Congress can get it.
2: Well, I, I've tried for a long time. I kind of gave up on trying. I I have sent boys right. out so many times. Uh, the thing is, there's another way to get the information. Um, oh well, that's another problem the A has too. And I, you know, you you just hit a button. I just thought of another way that. The visions would have that information, but uh, but you know these things. Uh, it, it's like you know you pull off one little piece of string and you use it, and then you need more, and then you pull off some more, and then you realize you're you're going to use up the whole ball of string and hope you get somewhere, you know. But uh, I don't have the interest or energy to pursue uh, that part of uh, the VA problem uh, anymore. Uh, but uh, you're raising a good point. This is how the VA. Hides their statistics from the public. I am the public. I've tried everything I could do to think of. But I did think of another way, talking to you, John, to get that information. All I am interested in is how many 1150 awards were paid out through the regional offices over a 10-year period or 15-year period, uh, and how much was, you know, could the awards be broken down as to wrongful deaths uh, or by disability and how much money did that involve. Mm. But uh, I have nothing to do that. I
0: think that happen. would be informa- us. Huh? if You present that information, the person gets to the Veterans Committee, that's going to drop some, to drop some jaws to the table because I'm pretty sure they're not, they're not aware of that. Uh, uh, really I amount. have already presented
2: time. that. I presented that to uh, mm-hmm. Congressman Miller long ago. Mm-hmm. I presented it to the Inspector General. I presented it to the Office of General Counsel long ago. I'm just, you know, I'm only one person. And a lot of this crap that goes on, John, to tell you the truth, this Accountability Act made what I do even a greater part of my day than I thought it would. I'd like to retire. I want to play in my garden and play in the dirt and watch more movies and even maybe go back to I thought
0: I was going to do it too but I I'm fixing and yeah. I'm working my certification. Yeah.
2: But uh, but uh, but uh, and we all deserve breaks too, John because the work uh, dealing with veterans issues is very difficult work. But uh maybe somebody out there that is listening to the show will be willing to look into stuff like that. Uh I I'm at the point where I have to eliminate a lot of stuff I used to pursue because I'm tired of the, the frustration of dealing with the VA. When you, I mean, you should see some of the letters I've got from general counsel. I mean, they're laughable. They're laughable.
0: Yeah, uh, and, uh,
2: but then again, uh, they're on my uh, little F list, uh, <laughs> as well as the uh, director of Buffalo. <laughs> but um, I wonder yeah. if we c- covered anything. Uh, is there anything else that... Uh, that you guys would like to bring up about the uh, Accountability act,
0: no, I think we should do a follow up show We're in a couple of weeks on it, Bert if you want to and get more information and uh, we can do it uh you know, just it's kind of like to, we like to do a lot of follow ups to keep stuff fresh in people's minds
2: uh you know, yeah been uh,
0: quite regularly, so but we'll get yeah,
2: <laughs> well it it'd be great maybe to do a follow up on this show when we start seeing some <clears> results. I'm willing to do a show in the future on H.R. 457, uh, which has nothing to do with this, and the Modernization Act, uh, the Modernization uh, Accountability Act. The Modernization Act is a different, separate set of stuff than the Accountability Act. I mean, our uh, our uh, president has been knocking out stuff and sending stuff to Congress uh, faster than I've ever seen any president move on this stuff. Uh Uh, Stuff is happening every day, uh, every hour. And I feel that the impetus is there, you know, for veterans to realize how important this is to them, to their family members, their dependents, and to their survivors when the day comes that they are no longer here. And we've got a heck of a lot of people, great men and women, fighting for us today, and it's going to impact them, John. You know, and hopefully, maybe they won't have to go through the same BS that I've been seeing veterans go through for the 34 years that I've been an advocate. And 34 years ago, you know, we would it if there were 20,000 cases in the backlog. <laughs> I mean, and when I think about it now, it was a picnic. It, it was a cakewalk 20 years ago. The problem was we didn't have the VCAA. That enhanced our ability to win our claims. But the VA, like with everything else, snafu and fubar. That uh, the, the veterans uh well, that that was a, a sort of like an accountability act too. That was our our. Um, I don't want to say benefit down duty to assist. The VCAA of 2000 uh, duty to assist. And they call it the 501, the uh, 5103 waiver now. That 50, 5103 waiver is so important that I've told veterans list your evidence on the waiver, so that when they get it, they cannot ignore your evidence. It'll be listed again on the waiver. You see mm-hmm. what I mean? And I put all the stuff out there. I had it a long time ago. So what they did, the VA did, since we had our enhanced duty to assist regulations in the year two thousand in the VCAA, what the VA did was simply screw up the VCAA and cost thousands and thousands of remands. I mean they fixed us for good because what we did get they took away.
1: Oh wait a minute here, we're we're totally out of time, Berta.
2: Oh, Gee, that was fair. I'm
1: I'm sorry. Uh, uh
2: that's okay. Yeah. We, can, we can do some follow up shows, uh, Gerald. Uh okay. so I, I hate to tell you, in the afternoon is the best time for me because by the time I get done with my yard work and everything else I do, uh and my farm business, I I am burned out at night.
1: Okay. Well, you know, well. and uh
2: and I, I really don't like to even think about VAL aola uh, after six o'clock at night. I just you know? Well, you know what I mean? Uh, and I, I don't this drink. Time for you. Uh, huh? Is
1: this time of day good for
2: you? It, it is, Gerald. And uh, my only relaxation is sometimes to just sit and stare into space for a little while because I don't drink. Well. <laughs> I'm, I'm not heavily medicated. And, um, uh, you know, I really have <laughs> nothing else to uh, calm me down because some of the stuff is really. Uh, you know, you you want to stay up all night and think about this stuff, and you can't do that Well, yeah. Have you
1: tried taking a baby aspirin and turning your TV off and just staring at it?
2: Yeah. Th- well, that helps. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm in a big Bible study program, too, and that takes a lot of time, oh, and that helps yeah. a lot. Well, that would
1: take up a lot of
2: time. Yeah, and I'm glad I am because, you know, we all need peaceful serenity in our lives. And my prayer prays for the VA uh, and for veterans every week we pray. Actually, we all have a prayer list to pray every day because I think it's going to take a lot of divine intervention to get the VA squared away. Between well, well yeah, uh,
1: maybe that's what we're getting here at the
2: start of. It. Uh, I, I believe that for a fact, uh, Jim. <laughs> uh, I think that.
1: But, but, uh, but anyway, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, enjoyed the show. Actually, it's a good show. Yeah. You give us some good information, and yeah. And actually, uh, something for veterans to look forward to, and and try to utilize. I mean, uh, there's no reason veterans can't utilize this
2: Accountability Act,
1: and and uh, well, I, if I, they file
2: I, formal complaints when they feel that they have definitely been victimized by the system. Yes. Uh yes. You know, anybody all
1: means. yeah, anybody. By all means. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. uh they'll they'll come under the same scrutiny as a regular employee. But uh oh, well we'll get we, that clarified though. Yeah. Anyway uh, legally, Gordon, yeah. We, we appreciate it and this will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser will be signing off for now.
0: You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basser Show.